Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Chippewa Hockey Download. We're back. It's been a year and a half. Joe, I think I saw a saying out there, or I heard a saying from the Hockey House that said, 95% of podcasts don't make it past three episodes. Yeah, I saw that one too, and I immediately thought of our podcast. I'm like, oh, well, yep, yep, you me know, too. They're at 100, we're at number four. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was literally like, okay, like that's that's our bracket. So we had Yo. to change that. We had to make more episodes. We're back. No Reagan. No Reagan with us, but uh, we've got a really good guest today, everybody. We have the newly instated head coach, the sixth head coach of the Central Michigan Division Three club hockey team. Please welcome Brennan Martin. Thanks for having me, guys. Big, big fan of the show. Happy that we're uh, keeping the podcast living here. Yeah, yeah. Last episode we did, I think we talked to Charlie, yeah. Charlie Hayes. Yeah, talked to him for a little bit. That was a fun conversation, man. He had some... Some really good stories, really good uh, insight. Had a good whale story too. We had to censor out a lot of, but yeah, <laughs> Charles a good. Character. I bet we'll mention we'll mention him throughout this episode. But uh, let's go around the table. Joe, how you feeling, man? Ooh, man, stressed out a little bit. Just got off of my six week summer course through GRCC. It wasn't too bad though. Towards the end, it was just working on a one eight page paper, and then um, you know, going back to work, I had to get money. I'm broke. You know, college Same. takes a lot of out of you Same, man. for rent, food, travel, especially. Inflation. But the small inflation, yeah, man. Oh, Going to McDonald's, got to pay $8 for a burger. No, not doing it. That's brutal, no man. That's brutal. Yeah. At least, you, at least you're living, making more than me probably. But right now I'm just trying to struggle away at DoorDash. You know, it's not really going well. But Marty, how you feeling, man? It's been a while since we talked to you. I think last time we talked to you directly was uh, in Boston after – or right before game three when you guys played air force. So, uh, how you feeling, man? Yeah, feel, feeling good. You know, it's been a, uh, it's been a busy summer kind of slowed down for a little bit in the month of June, but things are starting to ramp up here now into July and, uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting year. We're really excited to cover it too. The start of my senior year last year, hopefully if I don't, you know, fail any stuff or flunk out or none of that, Joe, it'll be your third year. So it should be fun. We're, Hitting the peak of our content game, so really excited. Um, I know I can't. I can't believe it. Third year. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, man. It's my fourth year. Like, I remember. I remember the the, the days of COVID when it was like a nine ten game season. And we went to nationals in Grand Rapids, and I was calling it <laughs> off my my laptop, this microphone, and God knows whatever console system I had to cover it. But this episode is not about my journey in uh, broadcasting Acha hockey. It's uh, about Brennan Martin. Uh, six years, 156 games played, 158 points. Two-time Vesna Cup champ, your second all-time points on the team, third in all-time goals, and third in club assists. The records speak for itself, man. So well-deserved accolades and certainly the right guy for the job to become the next head coach. So just kind of tell us, man, like what you got going on with your life and you know, outside of hockey, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, I mean, just uh, honestly just working away. You know, um, the hockey kind of ended. Let's go right to grad school. I guess that was that would have been my last semester that I had, was playing on the team. So I uh, wanted, wanted to go right back into grad school, get my master's degree. That's kind of been a, a goal that you know my family and I had kind of set for myself when when I decided I wanted to go to college right out of high school. And uh, so you know when I had the opportunity to do it, it's kind of a no brainer for me just to kind of finish it all up and then. Um, you know, to be able to to do it at, at Central and then, you know, finally have the opportunity to come back and coach this team too. It's 
it's been an awesome couple, you know, I'd say about a year now. It's, it's been a great, great year for me. I've uh, learned a lot for sure how to uh, manage your time a little bit better, especially getting a master's, working a full-time job, and now coaching. Um, so definitely had to make some sacrifices and grow a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it for sure. Yeah, the sacrifices are second to none. And, you know, we covered it pretty well last year, how you actually became the head coach with – former coach Tyler Catiline leaving midseason and then uh, you kind of stepping in during that uh, Grand Valley series and then the Miami Showcase where, uh, man, that was a fun time. Beating number two Missouri State, uh, beating Nebraska, really just getting this team back into Nationals contention and obviously um, you guys made it at the 16th spot and didn't go so well at Nationals, but it was just cool for all the seniors to make it and all that. And boy, uh, you know, Joe, uh, I mean, just thinking about Marty, I think about the years playing um, talk about to us kind of growing up with hockey and, and kind of what you did uh, to get to CMU. And, and we know you were a big kind of roller hockey guy playing down in Florida, uh, playing a bunch of tournaments. Just talk about hockey growing up for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was really just all hockey for me from, from the start. You know, I had tried playing other sports, you know, like your baseball, basketball, soccer, football, but um, I didn't really have the passion for them. And, but I found that, you know, hockey was something that, that I enjoyed doing every day. So for, you know, to be able to start playing roller hockey, I actually started playing roller hockey first. And I'm a, I'm a huge uh, endorser in the game of roller hockey for any ice hockey player because I think it's good to, to stay on, on some sort of skate. and uh, definitely helps with your patience, with your passing, uh, you know, with your hands for sure. So that was pretty much my childhood was, you know, in, in the fall and winter time playing ice hockey and then, uh, once the spring and summer hit, you know, switched out the the ice skates for the rollerblades and and played a few months of of roller hockey for the summer. So met met a lot of really good people through roller hockey. Still have a lot of really good friends that I talk to today from it. And um, you know, hopefully in in the future, once maybe I'm I'm done coaching up at Central, you know, I'll get back into roller hockey for those summer months because it was something that that I really enjoyed. But um, you know, once I got to high school, I went and played at at Novi High School, and that was uh, just because of the the history that they're in winning a state title in 2011. So, um, you know, well, well I could have went to the schools like Detroit Catholic Central or St. Mary's or whatnot. You know, Novi was at the peak of its program at that time. So uh, it was perfect case for me and got to meet a lot of really good people at Novi, a lot of really good coaches, uh, a lot of really good resources, honestly, from there. And so that was uh, that was kind of where I felt hockey had kind of taken off for me was when was when I really started playing at Novi and thought about the idea of going to play college hockey and going to central. I wasn't even really thinking about going to central to be honest with you guys, but my, my brother was in the marching band there. So I was already going up to central pretty often. And it was actually my mom that, that made me apply to central just as a plan B. If I, if I ended up not wanting to go play junior hockey and six years, seven years later, it, you know, it paid off. So I, I have no regrets with it. Yeah, no regrets. And I just wanted to kind of go back. It's kind of interesting that you started off with roller ho- or roller hockey and then you transitioned to ice hockey. Usually it's ice hockey and then guys go into roller hockey for like the off season, whatever, just to, you know, stay in shape and get uh, keep, keep in touch with the hand coordination. Was there any obstacles or challenges from transitioning from roller hockey to ice hockey or was there a lot of similarities between the two? Well, I think I think the biggest transition was just skating. In roller hockey, there's no offsides or icing, so a lot of it's, you know, doing turns and trying to find the open space, whereas in ice hockey, it's a lot of stops and starts. 
So that was a big challenge that I had growing up was uh, not turning away from the puck, always keeping, always keeping your chest on the puck, your, your head up. And um, so that, that was the biggest obstacle I had, but I did notice that from going to roller hockey to ice hockey, that my patience was a lot better with the puck felt more confident when I had the puck on my stick or roller hockey against some really good ice hockey players too. A lot, you know, a lot of kids that were playing triple a or committed to NCAA schools, you know, I, I would go up against them for, you know, four months straight. So when you're playing against better players, they make you better. That's, that's something that I firmly believe in. So I think that, that had to, that, that contributed a lot to it. Um, and then, you know, once I got to, to central, it just kind of all came together. The roller hockey stuff was passionate for you. How much fun was it to, to go to Florida, man? Like we go down there every other year for the trip to Florida Gulf coast and we play them and two game series. And I remember for me and Joe doing that the first time, it was cool, but like, dude, like, is Florida hockey like the move, man? Like Florida's basically the state of hockey now. Like every NHL team that's there has been good. Like Tampa, back-to-back cups. Florida just lost to uh, Vegas in the final. But like, just talk to us about Florida, man. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's crazy. I mean, I started going down there when I was probably 12, 13 for these roller hockey tournaments, and um, you know we would we would play against teams from Florida, and then you'd have teams from you know Missouri, Colorado, New York all over the country, even sometimes you'd have teams from South America, like Colombia, Brazil, you know, they would send teams up there to play against you. So, I mean, it, it, the roller hockey is definitely, it's growing as an international sport. And to be able to, you know, I've said, you know, be able to play at that rink I, probably 10 years prior to going with Central, uh, I was, you know, it definitely had some, some special feeling going back to it and just, you know, remembering all those good memories that you had with, you know, with your buddies when you were younger, going to the rink and roller hockey, you'd play three, four games in a day. So you, uh, you definitely spent a lot of time at that rink. And from that, you know, just the memories that, that were made. And when I started going there, it was called Jermaine arena. So now it's, now it's hurts and you know, it's still the same, but it's awesome. Yeah. And they just had uh, the Everblades just one, Back-to-back Kelly Cups, dude, like, that place is the move. Like, if you're from Fort Myers, like, you follow any hockey kind of in that western area, like, it's it's really good to see, like, the growth of it. And I know it's, it makes for a great vacation spot. We'll be back there, right, next year. So um, hopefully at that point in the season, a big trip for, for, for the team and moving on with, you know, hopefully a successful year. So we went from rollerblading. Your background and getting started with transition now to that kind of scene you talk, Brennan. First couple of years, boy, you have played on some really, really good teams. Like, not even just for the Acha's sake, but like guys that were coming from what could have been junior leagues and really high skill, high development. Guys like Dalton Sutherland, Shane Agnello. I believe it was uh, Brett Gleason. Oh, boy. That, that alumni, if he watches this, is going to hate me. But, uh, dude, talk to us about just playing with those guys, man, and, and, and how special it was. Because you guys pulled off some really big wins for what was at the time a, a program that didn't see much success. Yeah, I, you know, I came in as an uh, 18-year-old. I was one of two freshmen that were on the team at the time. Another kid named Chase Wallace came in. Um, and then Shane Agnello joined a little bit later into that season. Um, but, you know, it was it was pretty crazy to go from playing high school hockey with kids that are 15, 16, 17 years old to playing with grown men that are mid twenties, younger twenties. So, um, that was, that was a big wake up call for me, honestly, having to, you know, kind of grow up, grow up quick, mature, quick, play a different style of hockey. And, 
Um, you know, a lot of these guys have been playing together for, you know, the last three, four years. So they all had a lot of chemistry coming into the to the year. And I think that, uh, you know, Dalton Sutherland definitely helped me out as a freshman because he was a sophomore. So we were two of the younger guys at the time. So he definitely played a big role in, in kind of being that big brother for me and helping me out my my freshman year, at least. And then, you know, we, we kind of grew closer together through that. But um, you could you could tell that first year that we, we were definitely ready and and there was there there was bits and pieces of that first year where, where we thought that, you know, we, we can go and do this. You know, we, we split with a lot of teams that, that year. And just to kind of see the transition from that first year to the second year, we didn't really lose any, we didn't lose that many returners. I should say pieces that we brought back in were very big key pieces for that second guys like Joey Simon, Sally and Alex Lasky. That was that was really their their recruiting class. Colin Smith, you know, all those guys played three, four years. Gabe Smith, these kind of guys where we, we kind of set the presence for, for what was going to be coming for the next four years. And, you know, we, we were all very close. And, and, you know, obviously it's club hockey, so you, you don't have to take it that serious. It's, it's not a requirement. But um, I think that what kind of separated us from a lot of teams that second year was that uh, we were all bought in on the game and we, we wanted to win. You know, I think that from that first year, those guys, we, we kind of thought it was uh, it was an off year for us. And the year prior to that, they had gone to the final four. So to uh, to not even not even make it to that national tournament that next year, I, I couldn't really, you know, I, I couldn't really speak for myself on that because I wasn't a part of that team. But you could tell that those guys were, were not too happy that, that that second year was that that was a very special year for me in the game of hockey for the team. Um, that kind of that kind of sparked my passion for for central hockey, seeing how passionate these guys were when it wasn't required for them to be. That was what they wanted to do in college, where where you know you you can kind of get off and you know go join other activities, other other you know club sports teams. You know you can you can have that quote unquote college kid life, but we wanted to play hockey, and we were excited about playing hockey, and we wanted to play as much hockey as possible. I think we played maybe over 40 games that year, you know, we, we played the week after Labor Day. And, but that was what we all wanted to do. That, that was, that was the re, I mean, for a lot of us, that was the reason why we were, we were at Central at that time was to play hockey. And because of that, we got a degree from it. So, well, I I think it's so cool how you mentioned like just the buy-in, like we talk all the time, you know, so serious about the, the statistics and the physicality and the style you talk about. But like honestly, when you were playing, first starting to play, like it was very much considered like in the club hockey world, like that, like not very serious. You can go to the rink for two days of practice, go out on a Thursday night, have a game on Friday, go out that Friday, you know, Saturday, go out, and and obviously that make it better or worse depending on if you win or not. But honestly, it wouldn't matter most of the time. <laughs> a night at the stone is still a night at the stone, right? So, uh, right. you know, it's still fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, just. Again, like the fact that you guys had all this buy-in as a club team, and then it turned into kind of this this tradition, this real culture. I think it's really, really cool to see, and the fruits of your labor have definitely come true. Um, with what is it now, Joe? Four nationals appearances in the last six years. What was yeah, that? yeah, four or five national appearances. Yeah, yeah, in a row almost. The year before uh, Grand Rapids was 2018 when you guys made it. Well. Let's think about this. You guys qualified for Dallas that COVID year, and then the pandemic happened, so you guys never actually went to that. 
shout out the world for ruining that opportunity. And that was a good team. I know you've mentioned that a lot to us. How you think that team kind of had maybe a little bit of a title run snatched from it? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you don't know what happens. I think that a lot of times within within the ACHA, it's all about what team gets hot at the right time. And if you look at that that year that we had, I mean, we started out pretty rough. I think we, we maybe started out one or four or one or five. And um, just that, that second semester, uh, I think that was the first time that I maybe went down to Florida was that year. I think it was. Yeah. And we, we got a big sweep against Florida Gulf Coast, and then we kind of took off, honestly. Um, and then, you know, once we hit that Vesna Cup tournament, um, you know, going to beat, you know, I think we beat Midway, who were all top four in our region for sure, if not top four in the country at the time. That was a, that, that was a huge uh, confidence boost for us. And, um, you know, that was, that, that was a lot of, you know, guys that we had played with for, you know, two, three years. That was their last year, guys like Jackson, Jeanette, Shane Agnello, Dalton Sutherland. Th- those, it, it was really big for those guys, Jacob Lansuki. I mean, that was yeah. where it kind of all, that was, that was kind of where it all came together for us. So, you know, having that, having that get canceled, I think that even, even to talk about it now, it's still pretty tough, honestly, just because it, it, there's always going to be that what if factor. And obviously I, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, oh yeah, we would have won it for sure. But I do think we had a pretty good chance at, at making a run for it for sure. Well, well, I mean, if we're talking like relativity, like you're talking in this team, Kind of like reminds me of how 2018 you guys had a, a wagon, like an absolute wagon, and you guys ran into one of the greatest hope teams of all time when they won their first natty. Yeah, disappointing, but, I mean, you guys still won a bunch of games. You just mentioned that. You said you said beating a top-four team in Michigan, was it? Yeah, that – yeah, I think they – that was – that would have been 20 – was that 2020 when, when uh, COVID had started? Yeah. Michigan just won their first um, national championship – uh, this past year at nationals beating hope college uh joe you and i watched that game and boy was it surprising to see <laughs> michigan plot to a 5-1 lead yeah it was just pretty much i mean i mean gong showed uh what was it lawrence tech like eight to three or something before that it was yeah I, I mean i was in the arena i i was just waking up had my dunkin coffee that morning getting ready to go sat in my position boom bang 20 minutes in, it's like three nothing. I'm just like I have to rub my eyes and look, keep looking at the scoreboard because I'm like three nothing. Michigan, really? Is this the year? Because the last four or five years, they uh, were either runner ups or at least made it to the final four. Yeah, yeah. So to see them actually come together, put that team chemistry together, and actually defeat Hope College, the Dutchman, my goodness, I didn't want to see them win three in a row. It's something that hasn't been done since Adrian, and um, I know a lot of the you know MCHC teams were happy with the result. And uh, and in the locker room, I just told him, "Thank you from Central Michigan and the MCHC. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> thank you for slaying the like... Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they slayed the Giants, and I could just tell they were exhausted. But so, like, exhaustion didn't matter at that time. I mean, they just won, you know, their first national title, and you know, you could you could see that they were really ecstatic about that. Yeah, and you know, we'll put a disclaimer. I, I'm not a, a hope hater personally. I know there's a lot of animosity towards them in the MCHC. They're pretty much a team to beat." Year in, year out. So, uh, the Hope College faithful. Congrats to them on their Vesna Cup win, but Michigan got the revenge um, in the national t- championship. And remember, remember Reagan was uh, wasn't he uh, keeping stats or something next to the broadcast crew? Tyler Kuehl, our friend at uh, from Davenport, was calling that game. <laughs> yeah, Reagan I was sitting up, in the... up there. 
<laughs> I'm looking over yeah. and I'm when it's like three to one, four to one. I'm like, yeah. dude, like we're witnessing the impossible right now. Yeah, felt like I was in another multiverse. Didn't yeah. feel real. And uh, they're a young team, so you know, they're going to be one to talk about um, this entire year. And I'm sure, Marty, you're sitting over there, you know, scheming about how you can find ways to get around that team because boy, they have talent. Let's kind of let's kind of transition a little bit to some more fun talk. I had the chance to talk to some guys, some of your former teammates, and and figure out some some lingo from you. Uh, boy, tell us about the Boston Nationals clipboard event, uh, clipboard incident. Oh gosh, okay. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely a rough tournament. I think that everyone knows that. Um, definitely, although I do think it was good for, you know, the seniors and the freshmen to, to kind of get an idea of it. But it was after the, uh, you know, the Missouri game. Um, I think that things have just kind of boiled up, I guess you can say. And, um, you know, I was – walking with with Tyler Koth, my my assistant coach back to the locker room after it and kind of looked at him and I said, "Dude, we got to we we kind of got to, you know, do something different than than what we've been doing before cuz obviously it's not working and we're not we're not getting that that right attention and so we kind of agreed, do I I break the clipboard? Should I should I try it, you know? And so yeah. I was kind of I was kind of flexing the clipboard, you know, to see <laughs> to see what the odds of of doing it were, but all I was thinking was you have to absolutely break this clipboard. You cannot not break the clipboard. Yeah. You can't, you can't like sense. double take it. You can't like, no. you can't like smash it and then doesn't no, break. That, <laughs> that would have made it even worse. So, so um, yeah, I, I got done giving my speech and, and I had it in my hand and I flexed it one last time and on the flex went down with it and it, and it went through and, um, you know, so I was happy and I had the adrenaline going that I broke the clipboard and then I took a couple steps out of the locker room and realized how much it, it hurts. So, um, not going to be doing that anymore. Um, I had to go, I went and bought a new one. So, um, I even asked the, uh, the pro shop if maybe they had some insurance for it, but, um, they didn't. So we're not breaking it. We're not breaking any more clipboards, but yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of, I mean, that was I feel like it's something you got to do just to. Yeah, give you a little spark, kind of the kind of the old uh, Herb Brooks in the locker room, flipping the table, you know, getting 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 the the goalie riled up and and uh, yeah, that that miracle on ice scene is what I think of. Uh, that one's that one's credit to Charlie Hayes for that one. He's more he's more concerned about how much the clipboard hurt when you smashed it. You feel like you broke your kneecap a little bit. Man, it was uh, it was hurting afterwards. I had to I had to go walk it off for sure. I yeah. had to go walk it off. It was a tough clipboard. It's a good story after the fact. Uh, another good story. Tell us about the Florida hot tub. <laughs> when you uh, when you went down to Florida, oh my gosh. I, heard, I heard this one. Uh, you you supposedly sat or laid down in a hot tub for like six hours in Florida. Yeah, I mean it was yeah it was our uh, it was it was our first our first night down there. So you get down there on Thursday, right? You can uh, you you can go and you know, have your beach day or whatnot with, with the boys. And so we had went and had a great beach day and I, you know, we got back to the hotel and uh, had our team dinner and, and there is a hot tub. So, you know, there's a hot tub. I'm definitely going to go, going to go sit in it for a little bit and relax and just kind of let the muscles get. And, um, or, you know, it was like six hours later, five hours later. And I think I, you know, chugged a lot of water. 
and uh so i was feeling good and um that was yeah that was that was pretty much it you know there's uh I think there's some rumors going around about, um, you know, like some strangers coming up or whatnot, but, uh, to, to my knowledge that, that was, uh, not something that I would have partaken in and, um, was not willing to, uh, to do that. So, yeah, you almost, you know, I, first thing I thought of with that was like the, the biz nasty and like Connor McDavid story with the hot tub, how like that's a secret to his like hundred point season, you know, scoring title and, and winning, winning a, a a heart trophy and all that, I think that yeah, I think they I just did. retired that. Like Joe, didn't they? Didn't, didn't uh, Biz like mention it during the NHL awards? And he got Connor to shout it out. Yeah, he had to deal with him that uh, during the interview that if he if, if he thanked him if he thanked his own hot tub, he would put money towards a charity of his choice. And uh, so at the end, he looked up to Biz and said, "I also want to thank my hot tub." And they just had a moment. It was it was funny. So. Yeah, he finally acknowledged it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Marty, you gonna you gonna acknowledge that hot tub for your hundred plus point career? Or what's uh what, what's the hot tub story in in, in your career? Well, I mean, I I think it's I think it's just a, a lot of the guys that, that I had played with. Honestly, that that would probably be what I uh, what I would dedicate the the stats towards and just hard work, putting in putting in the hard work in the off season. You know, instead of. Uh, going out with your friends and having fun during the week, you know, I was, I was training because I wanted to, uh, even though it's club hockey, you know, you can still develop as a hockey player and you can see where you, where you can get to as a hockey player. So um, I still had that same focus going into going into school and maybe, maybe I didn't get to hang out with my friends as much as, you know, maybe I wanted to, but at the same time, I, I wanted to be training and staying on the ice as much as possible. So, I mean, it's at some points you'd just go to a drop-in, you know, go online, look, look, look at this, look at the calendar, just, just stay on the ice. You know, that, that was, that was my way of, uh, of having fun. So, yeah, I think, I think instead of, uh, you know, they've been talking about doing some, some work to Martin ice arena, like trying to fix that place up and cause that, that rink is starting to fall apart just a little bit, but you know, maybe we should we should make a bid for just a hot tub. Get a jacuzzi after, get a little reward. You know, a little incentive. Like you guys, you guys pump this team tonight. We'll get, get you in the hot tub. Get your get your legs loose. You know. That's right. Yeah. If you get a couple points, you get you get a few minutes in the hot tub. Maybe you know. <laughs> Depends how they play. If they play well, maybe they get to stay in it a little bit longer. But you know, if they they uh, have some nights off, maybe they don't uh, maybe they don't get any hot tub time. So. Yeah. Or maybe a little ice bath in the the corner back room, but. Put some put some Zamboni ice down and there you go, boys. There's your reward. Uh, he he wanted me to ask you uh, how he got so lucky to get the best rookie on the team. Oh, <laughs> I guess the realistic answer is I didn't have that many options. But uh, no, no, he's uh, he's he's a good kid. I'm I'm happy that that he decided to come be uh, you know an assistant with me and kind of help me you know grow with within coaching and um, you know it's someone that. I consider to be a really close friend of mine. And, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together throughout COVID. So, um, you know, it was, it was bittersweet, you know, watching uh, just because you know, a lot of those guys put a lot of effort into the team. So, you know, it was, it's, it's always bittersweet at the end of a season, but when you see your rookie and then obviously when, when you see your other friends that you played with go down in that fashion, it, it just kind of hurts a little bit, a little bit more, honestly. And, I, I I'm excited that that he's on board with us, and I know uh, 
TK is excited that he can focus more in on the goalies. And, you know, it's going to be the first time in, in a, a long time that we've actually had a quote unquote goalie coach. And I don't really know how much TK knows about being a goalie, but he uh, played goalie in high school. Coach so is we'll, coach. we'll see. Uh, yeah. Coach is yeah. the coach, man. You know, what, yeah. what, it's like being a teacher, you know, it's like, it's like, what is, what's the saying? Like, if you can't do, you teach. Like the, the, yeah. The worst, the worst players are the, like the, the people that got cut or teach, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you know, it would be kind of funny on on the during a game. You know, you'd have T. I'd have TK come up to me and be like, "Oh, you know, you should have put you know his pad down like this or that." And I'd have to look at him and go, "Dude, I I don't know what you're talking about." You know, I as long as you know this is why you're here. You know, if you I I believe I trust him. So whatever whatever he says, you know, I I go along with for goaltending, and um, you know, I would be able to obviously being a defenseman. You know, there'd be times where I'd have to kind of go over and tell him something, but you know, it's been an adjustment for me now being the if the four I guess the quote unquote forwards coach since um, we don't have Whaley anymore. So luckily I when I coached at Eastern on their D one team I was able to I ran the forwards there with John O'Leary. So it kind of paid off, I guess you could say now and then second semester last year. So but no it's uh Charlie's gonna be a great addition. He knows a lot about the game of hockey and that's what that's what I'm really for with, with the assistants and TK and Charlie are both very passionate about this team and uh, they want to see this team win. So, you know, we're not in this for ourselves or, you know, to get any you know credit for coaching. We, 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 we love this team just as much, if not more than, than the players on the team do. And uh, it's given us a lot of great opportunities and it's gotten us, it's gotten Charlie and I so far college degrees. So it was a no brainer when, when they asked me if I wanted to take over it really was. Boy, let's let's talk about um, last year and a little bit this year, uh, Joe. I know you kind of were deferring some of your uh, some of your dialogue towards that. So, yeah, I just you know I kind of want to talk about. I just want to say first of all, congrats on becoming the full time head coach for Central Michigan Hockey Club. I know coming in halfway through the season, especially coming in uh, right before facing GVSU, a couple of days before uh, facing GVSU, you had a tough uh, challenge there, but. Like coming in, you like you transitioned from a veteran to a to a fan to a coach. What was like kind of that struggle going in first time as a head coach? You're in a locker room where you kind of don't know what the vibe is. It might be off, might be on. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, so maybe an advantage, honestly, was being a fan at the time. So I, you know, I, I was that they had played prior to me coming in. Um, so I, I kind of saw their strengths and, and weaknesses and, um, you know, kind of how they acted as a team and how they acted together. Um, so that, that was, uh, that was a little bit of an advantage. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, but the, the biggest challenge for sure was for, for the players, honestly, for, for the guys on the team to be able to shift their focus from me being their, you know, their, their captain and their teammate to me being their head coach now. That's not an easy, easy transition for any player at all. So there was some growing pains there for sure. Um, but, you know, a lot of the guys, they, they did a pretty good job at realizing this is, I guess, this is our, this is our head coach now. And, um, you know, I really, really took it at the time just because, you know, it was, it was the, the perfect fit. And, you know, I, obviously I had full support from, from my family and my girlfriend. So, you know, that, that definitely, that definitely helped, but you know, it was, it, it was a lot of after hours behind the scenes stuff about, um, you know, just listening to coaches being in 
being in East Lansing at one of the, the sports bars, I could go and listen to Adam Nightingale, who's the head coach of Michigan State's NCAA D1 team with one of my buddies. So um, I took full advantage of that when, when I could. And to me, I think that's where I got a lot of insight about how to kind of go about being a head coach because I didn't have any experience before with it. So um, the hockey part I had down, but the coaching part's a whole different ballgame. And that, that my whole uh, point that, you know, that week leading up to it was just, we, we need to, uh, we, we need to kind of dial it in here and you guys got to go win a hockey game. And that first game lost in overtime. So that was a stinger, but to get that second win, there was a huge, huge weight lifted off my shoulders, honestly, because that kind of gave me the confidence that, okay, you know, we, we can settle down and, and kind of start getting into the nitty gritty here. And, you know, having that, that first semester break, helped out for sure. Um, and I, you know, I even got help from the, uh, our former head coach, Ryan Morse, who's you know, an athletic trainer now in, in the hockey world. And he was nice enough to kind of talk to me a little bit and, and get the boys a, a workout plan together. So at least, you know, I kind of started making a little bit more professional, but yeah, then it kind of, you know, kind of settled in that second semester and went to, went, went to Miami and Nebraska. And, um, that was where I really felt comfortable. So, yeah. And just speaking on last year's team, obviously coming in, you want to set some uh, objectives and some standards within the locker room and uh, how they play on ice. And obviously every person on the team, uh, on the staff will say, our goal is to win the national championship. Were there any other uh, team or individual objectives that you set right when you got there and was any of them achieved? I wanted, my my biggest goal uh, that I had set from day one was I wanted to win hockey games. That that was, you know, win, winning pretty much solves everything. And if you kind of look at where we were in the, in the rankings, um, we weren't we we weren't going to lose any games and, and get in. So um, I think not putting the pressure on them, but but, you know, pushing them to just focus on one game at a time, um, you know, preparing them for it the right way, putting in the, the after hours at you know back at my apartment, watching film on, on these other and come up with ways that, that maybe we, we can, you know, catch them off balance or, um, you know, a different forecheck to run for them or how, how to pressure them the right way. That was that that was big into, you know, how, how exactly are we going to win hockey games here? You know, because you, you guys are I, – I thought they had a really talented team. Big change that I made was was uh, introducing four, four lines, breaking up those lines and, and kind of sharing the wealth around and – um, it had its moments, you know, it was, it was a good test. And we, we got to see guys like Caden Flynn kind of take off where, you know, he had, he had spent most of his career on that third or fourth line, but he didn't really get a lot of recognition that maybe he deserved. So um, seeing him take off his last, that last semester, that was, that was pretty cool to see um, from a coaching standpoint and then getting guys involved like Andrew Miller as well. That was, that was another big guy. That that I thought you know central to um, you know play in this league, and I think you, you needed an opportunity. So <clears throat> that was that was a decision that that I had made. But you know, obviously things are going to be different going into this year. So yeah, I mean change is the big thing that's been talked about between us, between our circles. Sixteen new recruits you've already gotten so far. I think that's at seventeen now. With I believe the most recent. Uh, commitment you guys had was Spencer Messina, the former CMU D2 team's captain there, and 
And boy, talk about some some splashes. But a lot of change. Let's let's kind of get into that change a bit. We had a lot of, of, of notable seniors leave last year that were with the program for a really, really long time, if you think about it. Um, guys like Keelan Baker, Charlie Hayes, Austin Ritter, Kyle Chapman, Ben Rydchuk, and Hayden Flynn. Three of those guys, I think maybe all four uh, included, were the original leadership group, the assistant captains, obviously – Keelan and Charlie shared the captaincy, and then Benny and uh, your brother were the assistant captains. So um, you get one of those guys back in your brother, but and Chris. But boy, just tell us about kind of this recruiting cycle you've had and and what it's been like. We could talk about each down the line; that would take way too long. But uh, kind of just give us the gist of like what it's been like uh, getting all these guys to come here. Yeah. I- Honestly, that was that that was a big win for me in, in my mind for and for the team. Uh, you know, we haven't been able to officially have all of the best hockey players on the campus of Central Michigan on one team, and now we're going to have that. It, it's it's going to be a really it's going to be a really exciting year. One thing that I kind of took into account was the experience in the ACHA. All of a lot of the that we brought in, I guess you could, you know, even consider guys from D2 as transfers as well, just because they, you know, they, they played, some of them played three, four years on that team. Um, so these, these are guys that are going to come in that already know what it's like to play in the ACHA. When, when you're an incoming freshman, you have a little bit of that, uh, you know, that transition period of going from high school hockey or junior hockey into ACHA hockey. Now we're going to have guys that, that, you know, com- we, we could have over five, 600 games combined, of experience in the ACHA next year, just with the guys that, that we've brought in um, just from my playing career, I kind of related it back to that. The, the years that, that we, we succeeded pretty well, we, we had a lot of experience. Um, so I'm hoping that bringing those guys in, it, it's going to spark, it's going to spark a, a, you know, kind of a light within the team, within, within our returners to, uh, you know, to, to kind of take off. And I know we, we had talked in Boston just, how I was looking at for for next year, and um, I, th- I think that we've done a pretty good job, myself and, and the assistant coaches, at bringing in the right pieces um, that that are going to help this team mold into a, a contending program. So uh, definitely exciting. Yeah, and as you said, the biggest thing come, heading into the off season was adding depth. I mean, the this whole past year we've had you know guys you know, they come to the rink they practice, but you know they're guaranteed a spot because there's you know no one left uh that is a healthy scratch uh oh, should i blanked hold on a second <laughs> he's, he's got he's got uh, the journalist mode on man he's got to get the, gotta get the story in we got to get the right question in man all right <clears throat> excuse me so back to what i was saying oh, good uh, you, now you got a plethora of guys You're, it's your first season as the head coach or your first off season as the head coach and you bring in 16 guys a third of them from the d2 club but also like the majority of them from outside of uh, CMU's campus during the prospect skates, how do you evaluate and analyze a player skill set? Cause you're getting uh, 30 to 40 guys hitting you up during the off season. It must be tough and analyzing each one separately to see how they fit with the team. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually a great question, Joe. Um, you know, that was something that, that Tyler Koth and I, and then, you know, Charlie Hayes a little bit later on, um, that was something that we kind of asked ourselves, how exactly do we want to, do we want to judge these guys? And we kind of took the approach of, of where, where do we see them in our lineup? 
where where exactly do we see them contributing and is it a good fit i'm not i'm not a big fan of of bringing a player in that's that's not going to play i think that's unfair to the player i think that's unfair to their family to make someone pay that money just to be a practice guy so because of that i i was looking at what guys i thought could play in our in my lineup what what guys i think i could put out on the ice and them to be able to go and compete um so when when evaluating those players it, it was it was really how you know where where exactly are they going to fit in our lineup are they going to add depth are you going to be a power play guy you're going to be a penalty kill guy starting goalie second third kind of working your way up and and you had kind of pointed it out earlier if you look at all the guys that that we've had you know get injured we, we've had probably for the last three four years we've had to have forwards come back and play defense and yeah, yeah. like you know, like uh like keelan and i mean he's already a forward but i know he had to and then and chappy even Sirac had to had to play defense like Sirac, Andy yeah, Siraki, I mean, uh yeah I mean, yeah you 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 know austin ritter austin whaley jacob st andre dalton and play defense because we didn't have enough defensemen you know so being able to bring in bring, bring in guys that are going to have depth but not only that but you know guys that can go and, and, and you can put them in the lineup any day of the week and they're going to go and be able to contribute for you you know that that was super uh, that was super crucial for for the coaching staff here was you know we we need to find a way to put a team that's going to compete for a full 60 minute hockey game and sometimes you know that that goes down to workload management. You, know, you 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 can't go out and win a game with six forwards and four defensemen. If if you look at Hope, who's won what four four net three national titles in the last you know five years, you know these these guys, they have four lines that are deep, and anyone that's not in the lineup, they could put in the lineup, and those guys could go and contribute. So you know these guys they're they're not overworking themselves whereas we we we've always had a team that can go out and compete with them but we can't compete with them for a full 60 minutes right now or prior to going into this year we we couldn't do it so it, it was you know and i and i think that took a toll on a lot of the guys even back to when i was playing you know it was it was frustrating because we knew that the core group of guys that we had were solid enough to go and win a national championship but we didn't we didn't have a, a surrounding cast to to get it done and so now this year, we're we're gonna have enough guys that you know I don't need to play. I'm not gonna have to play six forwards to win a game. I'm gonna be able to play twelve forwards for sixty full minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna have guys that can just be penalty killers, just be power play guys for me. Guys that can hone in on that part of their game, and what we're gonna get the most out of it. Um, you know, and even even if you look at goalies, you know the goaltending that that we have this year. The, we could even split three goalies at one point. It, it's it's an exciting time to know that um, you know those core group of guys that, that we've had on the team for three four years, they they should be very excited about this upcoming season. They should. And just taking a look at this prospect pool, I know I don't want to get into the nitty gritty and I don't want to go through all of them, but as you said before, we had to you know utilize some guys to play that were forwards to play defense or defense to play forwards. We had Chappie this past season play forward a couple of games. And uh, as Devin said, we had Zaraki too. But, but for this for this prospect pool of 2023 for us, we have Ryan Grillo, a guy who can play forward and defense. I know we got depth forward and defensive-wise, but what does it mean to have a guy that's that can play both forward and defense and you don't have to worry about you know where to slot him in there? Yeah, I mean, that that's huge, honestly, just because – 
things are going to happen throughout the season. It's happened every single year since I've been playing and, and now coaching where you have to make decisions in the middle of a game um, and to have, to have players that have experience both playing forward and instead of, you know, moving someone that's played forward their whole career. Now you got to go play defense and you got, you got to figure it out against the top 10 team in the country. Now, you know, it, it's, it's going to make a, it's going to make a huge difference um, and, and, you know, having forwards that have experience playing defense means that they're a little bit defensive. They're, they're a defensive forward, which which I like too. Um, I, I like my offensive defensemen, and I like my defensive forwards just because, you know, th- those are guys that can make a play at any point. They're two-way players. They know, uh, they know where to go. They know when to, um, you know, take their time at, at, at any position. So, it's it's going to make a huge difference, and I think just that, like I said, that that supporting cast that we're going to have around our our core players, it's it's all going to. I'm hoping that it's all going to come together. So, yeah, I mean, so so exciting to just see the wave of new players, and obviously the dynamic of guys going from D two to D three. I mean, that's that's been on the minds of people that have watched this team, parents. Uh, family, friends, and and people that go to CMU, and it'll certainly be be fun to watch you sculpt the team. It's gonna be even more fun to get to know these guys uh, before the season starts. I know me and Joe are gonna have to get real busy here with the media side. Start making some more graphics. Get off the couch and and get our uh, cut our teeth a bit like you are. So uh, so we got some catching up to do, Coach. Uh, boy, uh, let's but let's you talk about the strength of MCHC. I, I don't want to go on too much longer. I think we've been going for almost an hour here. I mean, we could, I could talk to you guys for hours, but uh, well, let's talk all night. <laughs> let's talk about okay. the MCHC a bit. This league is getting better and better every year. I think I saw um, Joe, you and I, when we were in Boston, talked about. I don't have the exact stats. You know, you know, we're pretty big nerds on the numbers here. So, so maybe Reagan's listening after the fact, and he'll correct us. But I think twelve of the last thirteen national champions in men's division three have been from the MCHC. Half of those, the final four, has been MCHC teams. Uh, that was the case last year, or this year, Grand Valley, Lawrence Tech, Saginaw, and Hope. So, boy, let's look at the schedule for this year. F- series against Ferris State University. Ferris State split with you guys last year. Uh, you guys beat them on their ice in the season opener, and then they came to Martin Ice Arena, got the win there. Uh, Notre Dame, that was a tough, tough series last year. Joe and I were there to watch that and see them lose big in the first game and then overtime the second one. Notre Dame every year is a powerhouse. Michigan State will be fun to see that back on the schedule with those guys. Very good team in their own right. Lawrence Tech, you talk about depth. This team, as deep as it gets, they roll fourth lines, and they've got that squadron of uh, scratches that act as a student section, so they're always a little bit of a character to play against. Saginaw Valley State, this team was probably the favorites to win uh, the MCC last year and then nationals. None of those happen, but they're going to be a really good team. The rest of the schedule includes Adrian college or features Adrian college, Florida Gulf coast, grand Valley state, Oakland, who you guys lost to in the first round of the conference playoffs, Illinois state, new addition to the schedule as well as Northwood. Good to see them back in the, MCHC after they took a year off, and then you guys close out the series with Michigan. Now, obviously, all of this can change. There's uh, there's going to be a showcase in there as well. With is it the Miami showcase? Yeah, we're we're still we're still working on the uh, the ins and outs of that right now, but potentially. Yeah, and and obviously this whole schedule is TBD. Just tell us, I mean, so early in the summer still, but uh, what are kind of the the games you got scheduled on there, man? Who are you most excited to play? And 
and who's kind of on your radar. And I know you're you're getting fancy with the the pool of coaches, and and you've known players in this league for a long time. So who are you looking at most, and who are you most excited to play? Well, only team on my mind right now is Ferris State. Getting through that that first weekend, that's uh, that's going to be the main focus for for us. Once that that our training camp starts, is um, you know we 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 got to go out to Bigger Rapids and. Uh, we got to win a game on that Friday. So that's the one that I'm most excited about. I am excited to get Michigan State back on the schedule. I think that's a, that, that's a great East versus West matchup. And, you know, Mi- Michigan State, they're, they're going to be a good team. They're, they're, they've always had a, a pretty solid team. You know, they're, they're really good coached. And, you know, b- besides that, it, it's really my, my main focus is on Ferris right now. The the schedule that I had built, though, I, I wanted to play a lot of hockey games. I wanted to play against good hockey teams. I, I want these guys to play the best. I think playing playing those top teams is going to get the guys all pumped up. It's going to have them ready to go. It, it keeps them engaged. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have a week of practice uh, leading up against a team that you know no one no one's excited to play. So, um, put, putting some more exciting teams on the on the schedule, some bigger matchups some early big matchups for them. You know, it's it, the, the schedule, it's going to be a good one. Could have some more games on the way potentially. But as of right now, our the coaching staff and my, our, our main focus is on Ferris State, September 22nd, 23rd. Oh, yeah, I believe that that is the season opener. September 22nd, I believe Avoclavin is the first site at Ferris. So, um, yeah, that should be exciting. And I did go down the order from the start of the season to the end. So it'll go Ferris State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, and then Lawrence Tech. That is a very, very uh, – or then Saginaw. That's a that's a crazy first 10 games. That's certainly some of the best of the best, including, in my mind, Notre Dame, Lawrence Tech, and Saginaw. But overall, it's going to be it's gonna be a challenge for sure. Joe, your initial reactions kind of to the schedule too, bringing you into this. And you got anything to, to mention to Marty about it? Yeah, just looking at the schedule right away. The first thing that popped out to me was probably Lawrence Tech. Uh, the last couple of years, maybe for a while now, we've always it, it's always been a second half team, and to play them right away, fourth week heading in, it'll be a great opportunity for the guys to actually you know go full force right away. Because I mean, last year we had Cleary, Lake Superior State, and some other teams too. I don't want to dog on them; they're great teams, but we kind of started off with lower teams, and we got a little too confident in how we were. And then we had, in the second half, it was just week after week. It was Saginaw, Lawrence Tech, and they had Michigan too, obviously. But it's it's going to be a fun uh, matchup. I'm excited for Photograph Coast, obviously. Some new teams, Illinois State, I don't think we've played them yet. Northwood coming back uh, after two years off. Um, it'll also be fun too. Former Chippewa alumni, Joe Cooper is yeah. the head coach behind the realm. And especially the coaching staff. The coaching staff is all from CMU. You got Carey, Dump. And uh, Cooper all behind the bench for them. They, you know, they've, you know, they've had a great offseason as well. They've built up a 25-man team, and they're ready to go too. So I expect even the lowest of teams to come out and hit us with full force. I don't, I, I expect it to be kind of like similar to last season. Uh, yeah, you have Adrian and you have Ferris that work, you know, you know, kind of on the low end of the standings. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more upsets next year, and. Um, see some more fights from these teams. I don't think there's any team that's going to be easy on the schedule. Obviously, we have also have Calvin, a late addition to the schedule. 
that'll be a fun one. They're always a powerhouse team, and they actually yeah. made it to nationals once again. Didn't see them, but it'll be good to have all these teams on our schedule. Well, I we covered a lot of stuff in this episode of Chippewa Hockey Download. It was uh, great having you on, Marty. Uh, I know it's going to be a busy summer, a full of fun, full of more stuff to come, more of your uh, coaching analysis and insight. And, and boy, we're always glad to have you on and, and talk to you a little bit about hockey. So you got anything else you want to mention uh, before we let you go? No, I mean, uh, I'm grateful that you guys asked me to come on. It was great catching up with you guys. Um, uh, you know, Tyler Koth, Charlie Hayes, and myself were extremely excited to get this thing going. Um, we're, you know, we talking every day, coming up with different ideas. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to see that, you know, it's kind of in our hands now. And, um, you know, so what, what, what we put in is, is what we're fully prepared to dedicate a lot of time and effort into to win some games for these guys. And um, I, I, you know, I just hope that you know, the guys that are coming on the team, they're, they're, uh, they're, ex- they're as excited as we are because we do think that, uh, you know, this is going to be a fun year. So thanks for having me on guys. Appreciate it. All righty. Well, thank you, Brennan. That was Brennan Martin, recently named the sixth head coach in Chippewa D3 hockey history. Uh, we'll be right back with more Chippewa Hockey Download right after this. Welcome back, everybody, to episode four of Inside Chippewa Hockey. Devin Sarah alongside Joe Laser, and that was a fun interview, Joe, catching up with newly named head coach Brennan Martin. He's been the head coach for a while, but we made it official on social media. Uh, great post, by the way. This mm-hmm. this graphic you made on May 18th, fire. And like not like just CMU, like fire. Like this thing was like, I thought, top tier. Uh, great job. But, uh, you know, you had you. a lot of good stuff to say, man. It was it was good to hear, at, and my initial reaction was the, the, the people he's talked to, the work he's really putting in. Uh, talking to, to, I think it was, is it Nick Nightingale, the head coach of MSU? Dale Nightingale. Dale Nightingale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hearing that he went, I guess it was an MSU meeting, hearing from that NCAA coach, that perspective, I thought that was really, really key to, like, he is not just trying to give his, like, player insight. Like, he's really trying to learn. Like he said, learn how to be a head coach. Yeah, yeah. That was very awesome to hear, like, seeing NCAA head coach trying to learn from what his side of things coaching-wise Another great thing that I got from that interview was just his overall perspective on how he wants to see this team move forward. He's not, you know, just here to coach and reminisce on the memories of playing at CMU. He's here to compete. He's here to bring guys in and have a shot at a conference that has dominated the ACHA D3 for the last 15 15 or so years. And just a plethora of guys he's brought in, an impressive 16 guys, to fill some of the empty voids that this team really needed was something that really surprised me. I would get texts from Marty like almost three or four times a week saying, boom, we got this guy, boom, we got this guy, Marty bomb. And I'm just like, dang, this dude is bringing a lot more guys than I thought he would have brought in. So, and it was great to talk to him and get his insight and what he's doing this off season and getting prepared. I loved his mindset. His When you asked him which game is most intriguing to you for the season, he's like, Game one, fair states. Game one, second. yeah. <laughs> only, only focus on the next one. You know that that was that was probably the most like coach answer I'd think of. You know, <laughs> yeah. and and let's let's keep in mind that I'm repping the the Detroit Lions crew neck here. He's a big Lions fan. He's a big Dan Campbell guy. So I think he's yeah. taking some of that like grit and kneecap, buddy kneecap mentality with him. 
to his coaching. He didn't mention it, but we know he wants to build a physical team. He wants to build a team that is going to be structured from the blue line in, meaning that he's going to have really good defensemen, really good support, and an offensive uh, or uh, yeah, an offensive defensive mindset where those, those defensemen will be involved in the play and and making that better. We certainly saw last year the power play have its moments, good and bad, more so maybe not on the good side of the mid portion of the year. So hearing that insight, like you mentioned, was really really interesting. Let's get into kind of what we were talking about with those 16 recruits he brought in, starting with going down the line from the Instagram posts you've made and the announcements. Caleb Woolery, a goaltender of Forest Hills. Eastern. Right, Northern and Eastern, because there's like yep. three schools and they just teamed up. So yeah. 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 Caleb Woolery, goaltender, joining the Maroon and Gold for the 23-24 season. Also signed was Lucas Hutton, a defenseman of Novi High School. We didn't mention him too much. I had the chance to watch this guy play at the Michigan Elite Hockey Prospect Tournament in Brighton, Michigan. He was very, very good. Very, very sound, reliable, um, a great skater, and he's going to be a great addition. Former captain at Novi High School. We know how important the Novi to Central connection is. Many, many players have come down the pipeline from there. Obviously, Brendan Martin's a former Wildcat. Isaac Gibbs. Can't think of anything else. J.D. Yeah. do yep, 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 perfect, perfect example. So, Novi and CMU connection strong there. Isaac Hop, a forward of Gaylord High School, also signed a defenseman, Kyle Bowerson of Farmington Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1800 Big Farmington guy. Hills, Little Caesars. That's a very, very good program over there. Excited to have him on. And then some of these Division Two announcements were big. Guys coming over from the CMU Men's Division Two team that been obviously – foretold as as something that we don't cover on our side of things but we know that they've had a lot of shakeups with the coaching staff many of the players that were there have left and a lot of them have joined this team let's let's talk about who they are first connor beamish a forward assistant captain who racked up 16 goals 29 points or 29 assists 45 points and 61 games total for uh, d2 luke vasilevich another forward chris armantrout a forward as well in the D2 squad. All these guys are either been there for a while pieces. Marty was mentioning they've been there for either three to four years. So these guys have a lot of experience. I think combined, he mentioned over 500 games played combined in the Hacha among all the D2 guys he signed. So very big stuff there. Uh, Goaltender Sam Zavelson. This one really caught my eye. He's from Merrick, New York. Played in 21 games last year for the club and put up a .849 save percentage. He's going to be one to watch. That goaltending, I guess a battle you call it. We like to we like to call it the battle, but it's really just the depth line that they have. Yeah. But anyway, Josh Gilgren, a forward transfer from Purdue Northwest, coming over from the ACHA Division One side. Chase Johnson, a forward of Riverview Cabrini High School. This was the major splash. Uh, among all these commitments, but one of the major splashes, Joe, of this offseason. This kid is so good. Brother of current Chippewa, uh, Julian Johnson, so coming o- who came over from Adrian College uh, Division Two a couple years ago. A lot of points, a lot of goals for the Monarchs last season. He's going to be fun. We'll touch on him in a second. But Jake Bishop, a CMU D2 transfer. Brendan Schultz, another transfer from the Division Two team. Will Rapoon, a defenseman. Kyle Robertson, a defenseman. Ryan Gro- 
Am I pronouncing this right? Grolo, Grolio of Grand Gro- Blanc yeah. High School. Uh, yep. Captain there. Very, very important. We know Brandon Martin's trying to build some leadership there. Um, as we wrap up the commitment, Spencer Messina, captain, former captain of the Division II team, a defenseman. This is what we're talking about, building a team from the blue line in, guys that have experience playing at a high level of ACHA Division II. Uh, in the Michigan region, there is some stacked teams in Division II. Michigan State, Adrian come to mind. They don't play an easy schedule, and we do know that the two teams struggled, but they have played against some great competition, got some great experience. Honestly, just initial thoughts, Joe. I think this is this is a, a commitment class like we haven't seen in a long time. New faces, and it's it's the start of a new era in Chippewa hockey. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And as you said, uh, my first initial reaction was the uh, leadership that came out of this class. You have Lucas Hunt, captain, uh, Ryan Grolu, captain. Um, and then you also have some D2 guys, Spencer Messina, captain, uh, B-Mission alternate, um, and also Luke Vasilvic, president of the club, former president, um, and also another assistant captain. But the the big thing, too, is leadership. You guys have especially on the D2 side, you have guys that have been in the league. It's a little bit different than D3, but they know ACHA hockey. They know the style. They know how to play at Martin Ice Arena, and uh, they have some really good connections with each other. Uh, I got to speak to a couple of them at the first prospects game, the only uh, prospects kid I was able to attend. But Sam Zawison, he's heading into his fifth year, fifth and final year at Central Michigan, and um, and he's excited to join this club. As you said, he's willing to. He wants to be on a, a team that's uh, that goes deep into the season, and um, just has a, has a fun time. He's not too worried about starting. He would like to play some games, but just wants to be around the club, and um, be able to mentor um, any of the goalies or any of the other players that come his way. Some underrated players that have been probably overlooked on the radar. Kyle Bowerson, he's a big dude on the D line, and he's he presents a lot of like blocking the goalie in front of the net especially on a power play he could just stand right there and uh block his viewpoint uh, ryan Grolu, as i said previously in the the podcast he's a utility guy he could play forward he could be play defenseman um if you need to switch him up halfway through a game i'm sure he could definitely make that transition and fill in if a guy goes down or is a little tired after a shift and then yeah we have some big guys and also some good puck handling and Another thing that I also looked overview after completing the graphics was like we expanded our prospect and recruitment farther from Michigan. We have some guys from Canada, yeah. Atlanta. That was a surprising one. New York, Illinois is a big one too. We have like three or four guys that come from Illinois, another big hockey city uh, and state. So it'll be interesting to see their personalities, what they bring to the team and just to get to know them better. Yeah, certainly. I You couldn't have said it any better. I think the biggest thing that, that stands out to me is what you just talked about, the leadership, but it's also just the shifting of the guard. We we mentioned to Brennan the leadership that left CMU, right? Some of the guys that have been there for many, many of those national nationals runs, Keelan Baker, the captain of a couple of years, two years, leaving Charlie Hayes, although possibly has some plans to help out with the team in the future, Austin Ritter. Kyle Chapman at the blue line. Ben Rychuk, a very, very big locker room guy. It'll be interesting to see who kind of not replaces him. You can't you can't replace Benny. Benny is Benny. Yeah. He's a beauty, and, and we all love Benny for all the jokes and the whims and, and the energy he brings. But it'll be certainly interesting to see 
who can can bring that similar energy to the locker room and be that voice and that presence. And and then obviously Hayden Flynn, who was the fourth line star and got promoted to that top line there with, with Nathan Bottles and Andrew Porzonic and played in a really good role. So which by the way, both those guys, Porzonic and Bottles, will be back. So it should be uh should be very, very fun to watch these guys for sure. And you know, one additional thing, I mean we can't ignore the fact that there, this is the changing of the guard because a lot of these D2 guys are coming over to D3. Possibly, this is not, at least you and I, something we thought would happen ever, really. And among those two clubs, seeing guys transfer over, we know there's been, like we mentioned, a lot of changes to the men's Division Two side, and, and we certainly hope that that team can, can be successful. They've made a lot of splashes in their recruitment. They named, uh, obviously, a new head coach, Doug Wickstrom, who's... Um, had experience in ACHA before, took GBSU's Division One team to national tournaments and was at Hudson High School last year with a pretty good squad. So they're doing good things over there. We wish the best for the CMU D2 team. Uh, a lot of these guys, like you mentioned, coming over to D3 certainly will be fun to see the energy they bring and what they can contribute and how much they really want to win and and bring you know their, their notable contributions on the blue line and leadership uh, to the group. Let's get things wrapped up a little bit here. Talking about that recruiting, but you know, we mentioned the scheduling. Uh, we're going to talk about this more in our next episode. Uh, we mentioned this episode. This is a very, very deep 23-24 schedule. Just announced just last month. Talked about it. Lawrence Tech, Saginaw Valley State, Grand Valley. You mentioned the, the, the game on your radar was Lawrence Tech because of that depth that they bring and, and how much of a rivalry that's kind of built into. I am very, very excited to play Saginaw Valley State back inside their home barn, which is the, uh, uh, why am I blanking? Is it Saginaw Bay Ice Arena? Yeah. Yep. yep. Saginaw Bay Ice Arena with, with the, the, the marching band playing and the full crowd. <laughs> that was nuts. I know yeah. you and I had never really experienced an atmosphere like that in the ACHA before. Uh, so it'll be good to go back there, and then the Florida trip is going to be be very special. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast has made it to nationals, I think, basically ever since I've been here uh, the last three years, and that'll be obviously a, a hoot and a holler to go down to Fort Myers again and, and Hertz Arena and, and see that kind of atmosphere. But, uh, yeah, just a reactions to the, the new schedule. Yeah, as I said, um, Lawrence Tech will be definitely a game to watch, especially early in the season. Uh, Notre Dame too. They're they're doing uh they're coming up here for two games. It, it's it and it's gonna we'll see how we do on our own home ice. Last year we kind of struggled, but it'll be good to you know play more games at home. Hopefully in front of a a nice full crowd here. And Michigan State too. I mean I know I don't want to say anything too early, but hopefully you know praying we might get a Mun Ice Arena. Maybe get a get a game in there. Yeah. Hopefully yeah that'll be fun. Yep. And then Florida Gulf Coast as well. Always a good time. Always just to go down there, hang out with everyone, explore the Fort Myers a little bit, get to bond with the team and our our side too, the media squad. And GVSU too. It'll be interesting to see how they regroup after last year's run. They made it to the Final Four and um, they're losing Stankowitz. Yep. Uh, our good buddy, we, Dominic Stankowitz. Yeah, a good buddy for ours. I think the they're. Stank. The stank. Dude's electric. <laughs> we'll see him in St. Louis if we make it. Yeah. Uh, he'll be part of the, uh, he'll be taking some photos, uh, either solo or with a group. And also, I mean, Northwood too. It's, it's a close, 
town rival. They're just right 20, 30 minutes down the road from us. Yeah. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't played them in a while. And they're under new leadership. And it's always fun to play at Midland Civic Ice Arena. We get to see an old buddy of ours, Joe Cooper, leading the way for them, doing great things over there uh, to start. And, and obviously, too, Michigan, getting to talk to them in Boston right when they won the national championship. Just to see their run, they'll be back. They'll be almost a full squad. Remick? Remick? Yeah, Remick. Dude came out of nowhere last year. His first year was uh, in the Anthony league. Remick, and goaltender for Michigan. Yep, and he made a big splash. Won MVP, had crazy numbers in the national tournament, and stood on his head and faced a overpowering uh, Hope College team. Yeah, Michigan is going to be a, a team to watch again. They are every year. Uh, they finally broke through and won their first national championship this past year and after so many years of seeing them make nationals and fall deep in the semifinal or the final and they get it done. And you mentioned they're they're a young squad. They're returning most of their people. You know, Remick, of course, and and their captaincy is going to be there too. So we'll have a lot to talk about with them, and and uh, we'll have to recap our time at Boston. Uh, maybe next episode we'll save that. But that's just about going to wrap it up for this episode of Chippewa Hockey Download. I'm glad we could restart this show, and hopefully we get a lot more episodes in and and kick off what is to be a a very uh, exciting, always fun and electric Martin Ice Arena to watch our Chippewas start their quest for nationals and a potential furthermore from there. We don't want to say too much anymore from that. But <laughs> fun well, to lips do with Brendan Martin. Yep, lips are sealed, right? And uh, Oh, and we'll talk about St. Louis as well, how the national tournament will be returning to St. Louis. That's big news there in Centene Ice Center. But that'll just about do it for this episode of Chippewa Hockey Download, Episode 4, Interview with newly announced head coach Brennan Martin. Uh, For Joe Lazier, my name is Devin Serra, and thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week.